Amen. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter. Guys, let me get this all out here. I want to say happy Easter to the crowd that's right here in front of me, our Colonial Heights campus. Happy Easter to our Midlothian campus, our online campus. Happy Easter to the Saturday church we had yesterday, the Sunday church today. We're all over the place this Easter, but he's worthy of it, isn't he? Amen. Amen. Happy Easter to you. I want you to know I pray for you the best Easter you've ever had. Now, I I don't actually know what would make that for you, but I can certainly pray that Jesus Christ is more real and more alive in your heart, your life, the situations you're walking through right now. I do pray that for you. Let me say welcome to the Heights family. We're gathered here this Easter. We actually gather every Sunday. We gather all kinds of times in between. Whatever, whenever we're gathering, it's just for one reason. One reason only. Jesus Christ is alive. That's why we gather. That's why we are here today, and we are so excited about that. He is our confidence in this life and in the life to come. I say, I say confidence like singular, you know, the only thing we have confidence in. But the truth is we put our confidence in a lot of things, don't we? A lot of things, a lot of people that we put our confidence in. Like, like for instance, right now I have my confidence in uh, that card right there. I've been vaccinated. And this card right here means I'm bulletproof. At, well, I mean, as long as the bullet is a virus named COVID-19. And, well, honestly, I'm not even sure then. But anyway, I've been, I have been vaccinated. Boy, just hear that word, vaccine. You know, you and I have walked through a unique time in human history the last year, haven't we? And I would dare say unique because nothing's unique. But maybe a little bit unique to this last year from Easter 2020 to Easter 2021, the entire planet was looking for the same thing, a vaccine. And the lack of that vaccine took life from us. It took events. It took opportunities. It it took relationships away from us. And, and of course, it, it took human life. Viruses are not new, vaccines are not new, but boy, this one was very different, wasn't it? I mean, physically and medically, I think it was a very different beast, but wow, politically and socially, it was a monster. It was a monster of a difference in our society. And didn't it feel like at times there was almost nothing this virus could not touch? And, and could not destroy. So obviously in that context, what incredible news at the announcement of a vaccine. As a matter of fact, you know, we can kind of measure just how good a news it was. There might be a lot of ways to measure things in life. In America, we measure, well, almost everything by the stock market, right? Remember, I think the stock market used to be mostly financial data, but now I think it's more about the mood we're in. And and you know what? The stock market went up when there was the announcement of a potential vaccine. It went up when a second company had a potential vaccine. It went up when they had the vaccine. The stock market went up when the rollout began. And of course, a week or two ago, we uh, we reached the 100 million 
mark of vaccinations in the United States. And guess what the stock market did? It, it, it went up. So clearly, I mean, no matter how you measure this, this is good news in America. And, and yet, is it? Is it good news that we have a vaccine? And we talk about millions and millions of people, and yet there would certainly be those for whom it's not good news at all. I mean, if I don't trust the vaccine, it's not good news, right? I mean, look how fast they made this thing. I mean, what, how can that be safe? How do we really know what it's going to do to us down the road? And I've heard about side effects, and I think people have even died when they got the, the vaccine. I don't trust the vaccine. Not good news for them, is it? It's not good news for those that look at this whole thing as not even real. Now, there would be a spectrum of that. There would be a few down here say, none of it's real. It's all conspiracy and politics. Probably most would not go quite that far, but they would say, boy, I don't know. There's, there's so much hype politically, socially. There, there's so much media hype. I don't know what we control. I mean, honestly, I'll t- you know what? I'll take my chances with COVID. Over the vaccine. So for them, it wouldn't be good news. And and then there would be those that, well, they don't trust any vaccine. (laughs) It's not just a COVID issue. I don't don't take any vaccine. I don't take any immunizations. Man, there's data, there's research. That stuff is awful. It's deadly. I, I don't take any of it. And so it's crazy. But as many millions of people believe this is good news, many millions more. It's not good news at all. That there are those who believe. There are those who don't believe. Yeah. Time will tell. You know, you know what I find interesting about this is that you can take everything I just said for the last three, four minutes. Take out the word virus and vaccine and put in the word sin and savior. And it works. It, it, it's, it's almost identical. I, I mean, we have a virus in the world called sin. It has impacted 100% of humanity. And 100% of humanity will die from this virus. Not only in this life, but in the life to come. This virus actually does. COVID didn't. It felt like it, but this virus actually destroys everything that it touches. This virus brings death. As a matter of fact, as bad as we look at all that COVID was, do you realize COVID is nothing more than a product of the virus of sin? It's the product of living in a sinful and broken world. So, I mean, in that whole context of horrible news, what incredible news that there's good news. There's a vaccine. There's a solution. Now, we'll we'll get to the good news in just a moment. But but let's think about those for whom it is not good news. I just, uh, by the way, realized I can't see anybody. I forgot I took my glasses off. (laughs) I want to be able to see y'all. Think about those that uh, it's, it's not good news. You know, there would be those that say, well, I don't trust Jesus. I, I'm not having anything against him. I, I, I hear he's a wonderful guy, great teacher. I think he did some miracles or something. But I trust Muhammad. I, I trust Buddha. 
I trust science, or really what all of us are most naturally going to trust, I trust me. That's what I trust. I, I trust me. So that's great, this whole Jesus thing. That's not, that may be good news for you, but it's not good news for me. And, and then there would be those that would say, well, you know what? I'm not sure I, I mean, sin, who, who said sin? God? Well, I don't know if I believe in God. I don't know if I believe in God. I don't know if I believe in sin. So obviously for that group, there's, this isn't good news. I don't need any good news. Some might back off of that a little bit and say, sure, I, I can acknowledge a God figure. I can, I can certainly look around in the world and see that something's wrong. So I, I, I can acknowledge sin. But you know, I mean, I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my chances. I'm a pretty good person. I'm not perfect. I never said I was perfect. I've done things wrong, sure. But I'm not as bad as a lot. I'm, I'm going to take my chances. So it's not good news for them. And then there would be those that say, well, it's not just that I don't trust Jesus. I don't trust any of it. I don't trust any religion. Matter of fact, from what I read and what I can tell, religion is the cause of about every problem in the world. So so I don't trust any of it. So why there would be many, millions that would say this is good news, well, actually, we could say billions, right? While there's billions that would say this is good news, there actually would be many more billions for whom this is not good news. And you know, it's interesting. There's those who believe and there's those who don't. Both know they're right. I guess time will tell. Now, let's think more about the good news. That's more fun. Let's think about the good news. There is one God. His name is Yahweh. And his son is Jesus Christ. And everything we can know about him and how to experience and enjoy him and his heaven is communicated. It is revealed to us by him through his word in a book that we call the Bible. As I study that and I walk through that, man, there's certainly... A multitude all over it. Man, it's about faith. It takes faith. But not blind faith. Not, not faith in fairy tales. Everything I've just said has evidence connected to it. Every, much of what I've said can be verified. I mean, there's historical evidence for these things. I would say scientific evidence for these things. But then, yes, there'll be that final step where it is faith. I think probably one of the greatest evidences of the authority and veracity of Scripture, the realness of our God and everything He says, is the very event that has brought us together this weekend, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Also a historically verifiable event. There's eyewitnesses. There's evidence. It takes faith, but it's faith based on good evidence. And so as I look out in a world just like you and I see a world of problems and and this person says they've got the answer and this God says I'm God and that group of people says our God is God and I mean how do you and I sort through it all? How do we know? How do we figure that out? I'll be honest, this is just me. I'm going to go with the guy that conquered death. I'm going to go with him. Not escaped death, conquered death. Death conquered sin and death and hell. And here's the crazy thing. He did it for me. He he conquered that for me. So I want to know what he says. And you know, there's actually some bad news to what he says. He says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
That word sin, very religious, overtone, heavy, dark word, it means miss the mark. That's what the word actually means. Every single one of us has missed the mark of God. We have missed the mark of heaven. That's already been announced, which is why it confuses me. Almost universally, people have this idea, I think sometimes even in church, that that we're going to die and I'm going to go stand before the possibility of this God, and I'm going, to get a, I'm going to get a judgment. I'm going to get an evaluation about my life. And we're kind of anxious about that. And some of us will try to do things so we get a good evaluation. Folks, let me remove the mystery. There's nothing to wait for. The judgment's already been announced. You have sinned. You have entirely missed the mark of what it is to be like God and to be like his heaven. And there's a consequence for that. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And yeah, what comes to our mind is the the casket and the tears and and a funeral service, but that's not actually what that word's really about. It's what follows that. Not physical death, spiritual death. Spiritual separation from God for all eternity. Now that's bad news. We don't like bad news. A a, a lot will respond to that. And when I say a lot, the tremendous majority of humanity will respond to that and say, well, you know, I don't don't know if I like the idea of a a God that sends people to hell. I don't know if I believe, you know, I don't believe a loving God would do that. You know, I'm just curious, what's your definition of love? How how did you come up with the definition of love that, that God should submit to. It's an interesting concept that we have about ourselves. But, but a loving God, would, would a loving God not let me into heaven? And usually the idea behind that is that none of us have actually done anything wrong. I mean, yes, we've done things wrong. But nothing big. Not, not, not like, you know, go to hell forever and ever and ever. That, that, that just, I mean, what, what, God send people to hell for a lie? Well, let's think about that for a second. Does God send people to hell for a lie? Okay, so first of all, your problem isn't the one lie you've told. The reality is, starting with up here, across this room, online, everywhere, you have no concept of how many lies you've told. You have no ability to even give an account for all the lies you've told. Gosh, I hope not all of us, but... but probably for too many of us, lying is so natural, we don't even acknowledge anymore when the lie comes out of our mouth. I I wouldn't even know to say I'm sorry for lying because it's just so natural that it comes out of my mouth. And that's just one issue. Then there's all the other things that we've determined aren't really sins, don't really count. But let's just stick with a lie. You know what's not in heaven? Lies. There's no lie in heaven. There's no deceit in heaven. There's no darkness. There's no spin. There's no exaggeration. There's just truth and light and purity. So we've got now this definition that a loving God doesn't care about that. And he's going to let the lie come in. Come on in. I know you did your best. Guess what heaven now has in it? Lies along with a whole host of other things that we're carrying because they're not really any concern and they really didn't hurt anybody and it's just no big deal. And folks, you realize 
If God is loving by our definition of love, heaven stops being heaven. It just becomes the earth part two. It just becomes the disaster we've made of this place. No, I think a loving and just God actually protects his heaven. And he does love. He does love the sinner. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that God shows his love for us in that while we were sinners, while we were rebelling, while we were rejecting, while we think we knew so much better than him, Christ died for us. Why is that? Maybe the biggest question asked about Christianity is I've traveled around the world, dealt with a lot of other religions. It it boggles their mind that that we have this idea that God would, would die especially for us. Why, why is that? Why does God die? Why, why the blood? Why the violence and the horror of all that? Well, you know, there's a long answer here. How about a short answer? Blood is the vaccine. You say, why? Because God said so. It's amazing how unsatisfying an answer that is to us, isn't it, that God said so? Because you and I think we have the total ability that when I say something, everybody should respect it. I have a right to my opinion. I have a right to privacy. I have a right to property. I have a right to freedom. And you've got a right to say absolutely nothing about it. I mean, this is our mantra in America. Now, let me tell you who has no rights. The one who actually owns this place. The actual owner of the planet and the universe. The actual owner of your body. We think he doesn't get to say how things are. Well, it's that one that said blood is what fixes this. Blood is the vaccine. Let me, let me take you back. Really, I guess you could say almost to the beginning. Leviticus, third book of the Bible. This is something that is consistent and true all the way through Scripture. Look at Leviticus 17, 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. My li- the flesh is my body. My life is in the blood. You take my blood, I got no life. Right? We understand that? Okay, so what we're talking about is of the highest value. It is of the highest and most precious value, our blood. For life is in the blood. And I have given it you on the altar to make atonement to cover your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. That is our our faith. We believe, my hope, my confidence, my faith is in the blood of Jesus Christ. Do you know what our hope and confidence and faith is not to be in? How good a person we are. Not one single verse in all the Bible says, you're going to get here by your good life. You're going to make it happen by your good deeds. You're going to make it happen by the religious duties that you've covered. You're you're going to make it happen by your intentions. You're going to make it happen by your spirituality. Not one verse says that's what our faith and confidence is to be in. But over and over and over it says our faith is in the blood of Christ. Listen to God speak over and over and over about this. Why is it we continue to put our faith in anything else? Look what, look what the scripture says over and over. Since therefore we've now been justified. That word justified in the, in the language is a, a word that would be used in a courtroom. 
When a person is justified, if I stand here justified, I am now good with the court. I am good in the eyes of the judge. I owe nothing. Man, is that, is that a possibility for me to stand before the judge of all judges, to stand before the courts of heaven and be declared in the good? Man, how would that happen? By his blood. Nothing else. Making peace. Peace with who? Peace with God. I mean, that can be, that, I can have that. Me and God are good. We're, we're on good terms. We're, we're right with each other. How does that happen? By the blood of his cross. Ephesians 1, in him we have redemption. I've been redeemed. I've been purchased out of slavery to sin. I've been purchased out of the debt of my sin. I've been redeemed out of that. Now, that's obviously something I can't do for myself. Who did that? How does that happen? Through his blood. How much more will the blood of Christ purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And then lastly, and by the way, folks, these, what, five verses are a small fraction of what is communicated over and over and over all through the scriptures. Look at how simple this is. And without the shedding of blood, it doesn't say without your good works. It doesn't say without picking the right church, picking the right denomination, without picking the right religion. It says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. That's our faith. That's our hope, our confidence, my faith, my hope, my confidence. One thing, the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm proud of the word faith. You don't have to be embarrassed by that in our scientific, intelligent world. Listen, everything in life has faith, even science. They don't use the word faith. They roll things all the way back to their original building box blocks for any idea. And this is the word they use, presuppositions. You know what a presupposition is? This is something I can't actually prove. I don't actually know. But we're going to start with this building block. Their presupposition is identical to the word faith. And let me say it again. It's not faith in fairy tales. It's not faith in dreams. Our faith, we're taking a step of faith because of the evidence, because of the eyewitnesses, because of the veracity and the truth, and that it actually works in reality. So based on all that, I take a step of faith into the blood of Jesus Christ. I would actually suggest to you that you, me, we, humanity, we take steps of faith into life-altering things with much less evidence than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You say, oh, no, we, we don't either. Oh, yeah. Well, here's an example. Oh, in the last two months, 125, 135 million Americans let a stranger stick a needle in their arm. Ouch. With absolutely no knowledge no understanding of what that person is injecting in them. As a matter of fact, the only thing I knew for certain is there's a really good chance I'm going to have a bad headache tomorrow. And my arm's going to be really sore, and I'm going to have body aches. That's what I knew for sure. But I did it. Why? I chose. I chose to trust the vaccine. I chose to trust the company. 
And I, I get it. I respect it that many millions would look at me and say, and you're a fool. You're, you're a fool for doing that. I, I, listen, we're all working with our data and the variables in our lives, and we make our decisions to, to trust something, to trust someone. We all, we all do it. You may not choose to get the vaccine, but hey, I, I got news for you. This message isn't about COVID-19 and vaccines. We all take steps of faith. And the things we really have no evidence to be doing, especially how big this decision is. You can't live in this world without faith. And so it's in that context that I would actually say, based on the eyewitnesses, based on the evidence, I think a step of faith into Jesus is kind of safe, kind of simple. It actually makes a lot of sense. And it is a step. It's not just acknowledging something. You know, I mean, to think about this, folks, how many a million Americans today can acknowledge, I believe in a vaccine. I know it's out there. I, I believe it works. But they haven't received it yet. And guess what? If you haven't received the vaccine, it doesn't matter what you believe about the vaccine. Does that make sense? I can believe all kinds of things about it. I can believe all kinds of things about the company. But if I don't receive it, it doesn't have any impact. The same is true with Jesus. Believing in Jesus is not just, you know, acknowledging, yeah, I, you know, probably there's a God. I can go with Jesus, sure. <laughs> you know, hey, we got to believe in something, right? Hey, if I'm feeling particularly religious, Jesus will be my religious flavor of choice. You know, it's not just acknowledging something about Jesus, it's receiving him. Again, that's not what I say, that's what God says. John 1.12 says, to all those who received him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right, isn't this beautiful, to become a child of God. So you've got to receive him. What's it mean to receive him? Well, it seems to say believe. You say, well, you just said believing wasn't enough. No, I didn't say that. I said we've got to unwrap that belief a little bit. Belief is not just... Yeah, Jesus, okay. I, I like the way Romans 10, 9 kind of unwraps belief a little bit more. It says that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's a promise. That's a guarantee. If I believe, what am I believing there? It says resurrection. I'm, 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 that word is kind of encapsulating everything that went on this weekend, Right? My faith, my hope, my confidence is in one thing. It's not me. It's not the church I go to. My faith, my hope, my confidence is in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the blood it produced for my account. That is my one confidence and hope. That's all I'm counting on as I walk with God and one day stand before God. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Now, that's not just, hey, say these three words. Jesus is Lord and poof, I'm a child of God. No, when I'm confessing that Jesus is Lord, I'm saying, I believe you're Lord. I believe you're God. I believe you're president. I believe you're king. I believe you're governor over what? Over everything that is me. You are God over my identity. You are God over right and wrong. You're God over my priorities. You're God over my agenda. You, you are God over everything that is me. And that's where most of humanity says, and that's why I'm not getting the vaccine. That's a side effect of the blood. 
He just comes in and owns everything. I don't want that. I wouldn't call it a side effect. I'd call it a blessing. Hey, you know, lordship is, I find it, well, I mean, that's our daily struggle, isn't it? Who's in control? And it's amazing. As much as I love my God and believe about him, I want to do it this way. I think this. I want to act like this. And we kind of battle back and forth. And I win sometimes. And every time I break something. When I'm Lord, things break, mostly me. When he's Lord, there's life and life abundant. But again, so many will look at that, no, I, I, I don't need a God. I don't need somebody telling me what to do. I don't need somebody telling me who I am. He clearly doesn't understand my situation. He clearly doesn't understand my life, so they, they, I, don't, I don't want this. I'm not interested. You see, we, we all make a choice. We're going we're gonna to receive or we're not going to receive. You know, if you've never come to the place in your life where you received, I'm just one, I'm just one witness. Boy, is he trustworthy. His way is always not just right. His way is always good. And his way always works. His way is for you. You know, family, Heights family, I want to remind us this Easter season, you know, we're one thing here. We're a vaccination center. We're a vaccination center. This is a place where people come to hear the good news, to grow in the good news, to thrive and flourish in the good news. But little reminder, while I call ourselves a vaccination center, a center that might actually send a wrong message. Because curious thing, God never tells a single person that has not yet received him to come here and get vaccinated. To come here and get the gospel. Not tell one person to do that. You know what he says, don't you? He says, we are to go out there and carry the vaccine. We're to go out there and we're to be witnesses of the good news. We gather because he is alive and we scatter to go tell the good news. That's our one reason for being on this planet. That's it. Do you realize everything else going on in your life is just a context and an opportunity to share the good news? Sometimes the worst things going on in our lives are the best opportunity to share good news. Sometimes the worst things are the best place we can say three words. He is alive. If you've never received him, boy, I sure want to tell you, take a step. Take a step of faith and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. You know, I know there will be billions that will, and there will be many billions more that won't. And both, both know they're right. Time will tell. I think I've said that three times today. Time, why do I keep saying time, you know, they're right, they're right, everybody knows they're right, time will, time will tell. Why do I keep saying that? Because whatever else we believe, this one thing is the only thing we can count on outside of the good news. You will die. The only thing you can count on in this life, you will die. And Jesus 
He wants you to live again. And Easter proves it. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, we come before you this day. We fall before you. And Lord, I just think about some of the things I just said. And thank you sounds so trite. Lord, it's all I got. Thank you. Thank you that by your blood I can be forgiven of all, your, of all my sins. Thank you that by your blood I can be adopted as a child of God. Thank you that by your blood I can be declared holy before the courts of heaven. Thank you that by your blood there is no longer guilt, there is peace. There is no longer condemnation, there is salvation. Thank you, Jesus, that you would do this for me. Lord, I would pray for myself. I would pray for every one of us as an individual and as a family that, God, as we celebrate this Easter, we are more devoted than we've ever been in our lives to carry good news, to carry the vaccine. Lord, if there was to, again, be one major thing we're all about from Easter 21 to Easter 22, it would be carrying the good news. Oh, Lord, may we gather because you are alive and may we scatter to go tell the good news. Oh, Lord, if there are those here today who've not yet received you, Spirit, would you move through the room and quicken their heart how much you love them, quicken their heart that they can trust you, convict them that this is the one thing they need. If you're here right now and you know God's speaking to you and you want to receive him, just let my words become your words. Let my prayer become your prayer. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I know I can't fix that. Jesus, would you come into my life? I believe you're the son of God. I believe you rose again and I want you to live in me. And would you take back ownership of everything that is me? Help me follow you and live for you. Jesus, thank you that you would even hear me ask. It's in your name we pray. Amen.